At the age of 30, Renee Elliott started Planet Organic, the UK's first organic supermarket. After two successful years, her trusted co-founder tried to cut her out of the business she'd built. Renee was completely blindsided. 14 months of litigation and an 11-day high court battle later, she won. Today on Sound Advice Entrepreneurs Unfiltered, Renee is here to tell us about the fallout and the fight back and what to do when your business partner goes bad. Welcome, Renee. Hi, Kate. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. You too. Thanks for joining us. Um, So, Renee, you started Planet Organic with this really strong mission to bring organic food into the mainstream and change the face of British retailing. But you had no sector experience whatsoever. So where did that vision and determination come from? Well, by that point, I knew I wanted to start my own business. I'd worked in the UK for a while. Obviously, now that you hear me, I'm American. And um, so I had looked in America. I did research in America. I saw the concept on the East Coast. My family are, um, I grew up outside of Boston. So I was copying that and making it mine. And really the passion was to promote health in the community. So I'd done the research and brought that concept over. And but really had no idea how to run something, an operation that big. But I think my naivety helped me because I think if I'd known, I never would have started it. So what kind of things did you do to get that sector experience and to learn and to really get the business off the ground? Well, I did a couple of very practical things. I worked in a health food store for a couple of years and learned everything about the business. I learned about organic. I learned about managing a team, the financials. And then before... So I worked in um, Wild Oats for two years, and that really connected me with the producers, with the suppliers, and basically how the business ran. But I was running a shop. I wasn't running a business. So then I did a business plan writing course, and that was absolutely pivotal for me because I didn't know what a PL was. I didn't know how to manage those costs, look at profitability. And that was really essential. Even though I still made mistakes, it was the business plan. And it's the business planning that I love today because it's the strategic planning and it's the being thoughtful about business and thinking it through and also getting it out of your head. You know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and they say, oh, yeah, no, I don't have a business plan, but I have stuff in my head and that that doesn't really work. I always say, get it out of there, write it down. So you really learned those business fundamentals, the strategic planning, got the business off the ground. You were up and running for two years when your toughest moment came and your co-founder tried to remove you from the business. Talk us through that experience. So, okay, not funny at all. I mean, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I, you know, we had difficulties in business, everyone does, but I am of the belief that if you trust and respect each other and have good communication, you can get through anything. But the problem was the communication had broken down. So when he said I had to leave, and I'm a, I'm a small town girl, and he was from a very privileged family with really good connections. So it was kind of a David and Goliath story. And I think they thought I would go. But I saw Planet Organic as my baby. So I was very attached and very determined. And I come from a family of fighters. So I was like, I'm not going anywhere. Um, So I had to counter sue, which was tricky because I didn't really want to do that. And then, as you said, we were in litigation for 14 months, which was draining. It was exhausting. I was in um, the amygdala, which is fight, flight, freeze for that whole time. And what I learned through that time really was 
the importance of taking care of self first. Now, for a lot of people, that's an uncomfortable or maybe even impossible thing to do or consider because, you know, I have some um, entrepreneurs I know who say, I was told to never put myself first growing up as a girl. Um, but in order to truly show up and show up sustainably for everything and anyone in your life, you have to fill your own cup first. So I learned that through the litigation because I had to kind of close ranks and take really good care of myself, eat even better. I meditated twice a day for an hour, went to the gym um, and surrounded myself with very positive, supportive people. If I'd had anyone in my life, and I've always been quite brutal about this, but if there was anyone in my life at that point who was negative, you know, I told you this would happen, that kind of thing, out. They were out. And I spent a lot of time talking to my mom, my sister Lauren, and my girlfriend Julia, who saw me through it. And of course, my husband, we, we did this as partners. We went through this together. So the lesson was that. And then I nearly gave up. There was a point in the summer where I thought, I don't know that I can do this anymore. I was exhausted. But I decided that I couldn't give up that I trust in the process of the universe unfolding, I trust what happens, and that if I didn't see it through and maybe win, I would never know, and that would bother me for the rest of my life. And I thought if I lose, I will accept that with grace and dignity because I do trust in the process of life, but I thought I have to stay and fight and see if I can make it, and I did, thank goodness, because that's why I'm sitting here. <laughs> In terms of, I want to come back to that initial decision you made to stand up and fight. Um, who did you turn to for professional advice and how did you decide on which legal professional to go with? Because a lot of people choose not to fight because of the extortionate fees, the time, the exhaustion. Um, how did you make those decisions? Well, I had my lawyer at the time for me personally within the business was Nicholson, Graham and Jones. And I loved my corporate lawyer. So I went to Owen Waft and I said, what, um, what do I do? And he said, I'll introduce you to a litigator. And we went and talked to him and he said, you have to counter sue. Um, and I said, what does that mean? And he talked us through that. And I said, you know, my first question was, what is this going to cost? And my litigator was Paul Howcroft. He was amazing. And I owe, you know, everything to him to this day. But he, he said 50 to 60,000 pounds. Now, bearing in mind, we started Planet with, we put in 50,000 each, which was, I didn't even have all of that. I had to borrow money from my parents. I took it as early inheritance. Um, I think I put in half, they put in half. So when he said 50 to 60,000, I thought, geez, I don't have that. But we could, and we did end up um, taking a second mortgage on our house to pay the legal fees. But in the end, it was so expensive because this trial turned on the evidence and there were so many Lever Arch files filled with documents with detail and paper. And I'm really good at that. I'm a really, you know, I was a straight A student, so I was gonna do my homework. Um, my legal bill was 560,000 pounds, which would have bankrupted me. And I knew that. I knew it was make or break for me. But in England, loser pays. So he picked up my legal bill and his legal bill. And then I had to find investment to replace his shareholding in the business. But I also, sorry, I also um, really studied, you know, that sort of I'm a 
wanted to be the good girl at school really saw me through this. And I read the the most interesting book. I, I read the Bhagavad Gita through this, but I also read Sun Tzu's Art of War. And although there's a lot of controversy about what he's actually saying, what I took from the book was know your enemy. So I did. And then I prepared. And I'm really good at that. I mean, no matter how much you prepared, you did stand to lose everything. Did you consider the worst case scenario? What would you have done if you had lost? Yes, I did. I thought worst case scenario, I... Um, take a break and I would start again. I thought I'd start again. I'd do, I'd try and get my husband to work with me. He had already left his job because he had a three month notice in the hope that I would win and he would work with me because I, I at that point didn't trust finding another partner. So Brian had quit and was ready to start. And I said, if not, maybe we start something together. But I, I, this was my life. You know, I, I thought I would do this for my, I set planet up to have meaningful work to do for the rest of my life. So this wasn't going to stop me. It was just, it may have changed the direction. And you were in litigation for 14 months and you hid the dispute from your team. So how did you keep the business up and running during that period when you were taken away, you were prepping, you were exhausted? Yeah, well, Planet was, it had a life of its own. It was, it was, it was like a galloping horse at that point. So we did 1.2 million our first year. It doubled to 2.4 the second year. And in that third year, it went up to 3.6. So it didn't suffer. We, we managed to keep things going. I'm sure, you know, I know people felt a, and a bad energetic. And at some point we had to start talking to the team about witness statements for, to, it for the trial. So, but it was a tight group and we tried to keep it together. Of course, afterwards there was fallout and um, finding new people, but it was all right. It was all right. We managed to carry on. Renee, describe the moment that you won. What was that like? What do you remember? Well, <laughs> it was, you have to remember it was 1999. So I, although I had a mobile phone, which I'd had for not that long for a few years, this big clunky thing. I wasn't going to make a long distance phone call to my parents. And I think the, I think the judgment came just before lunchtime on the last day. And I knew that my parents would be not quite waking up, but knowing that it was the day of the judgment. So I had a handful of pound coins and I stepped outside the courtroom and filled the phone with pound coins, dialed my parents and my, my dad answered the phone. And, and I said, I, and his, my partner's family, he and his family were exiting the courtroom and I didn't want to be disrespectful. I didn't want to be rub it in their face. So I was very quietly going, I won, I won. And I was crying. And my mom and dad were so happy. And I, I remember that moment so clearly. I remember the relief and joy in their voices, which was amazing. And then we went out to dinner with our legal team and celebrated. We went out to lunch, sorry, and celebrated, had a wonderful celebratory meal. And then I thought, wow, okay, phase two, <laughs> here we go. Hold on. Phase two about to begin. Um, and in terms of phase two, do you think that battle changed you as an entrepreneur? It did. I mean, for a while, what was sad is that I was so idealistic and Planet was built on such beautiful values and still is. It still adheres to those values to this day. And that kind of tarnished that. I was like, hmm. 
you know, why did that happen? But what I didn't do through the litigation is I never felt sorry for myself because I think that's really wasted emotion. And then afterwards, I really believed that in time, I would understand why it had happened. Because I always think, you know, they say with hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty vision, you can see the clear path running through your life to the moment you are standing in. And the truth is, I wanted my own company, and I really wanted to work with my husband. And we couldn't have afforded that at the beginning. And although it was a very painful journey, I got exactly what I wanted in the end, even though it was tough. And I learned a lot. I grew, you know, I think life throws at you what you can handle. And I learned a lot about myself and my determination. I grew up and and I learned to have grace and dignity as well in a really difficult time, which was a, a, an important lesson. And in terms of some of those learnings, can you share some things you wish you'd known when you started the business and brought your business partner in? Well, I wouldn't have done anything differently, oddly enough. A lot of people say, you know, if you'd known that, I had reservations, which I, well, here's one. I had reservations that I overcame by checking things out with him. But the thing that I didn't do, and this is the this is one of the lessons I teach over and over, and I, I'm very good at this now, although I occasionally have to remind myself, is trust yourself. Trust that small, still voice. And I don't mean your head. I mean your heart. I mean your intuition. Because when I first met him, I thought, no way, I'm not working with him. Then there were things that changed my mind. But if I'd followed my instinct, it's when my head says it's going to be okay that it isn't. And that's happened to me a couple of times in my professional career, both to a disaster, to a point of disaster. So the lesson I would have learned is trust yourself, follow your intuition. If something doesn't feel right, run. You know, and for a lot of entrepreneurs who are perhaps looking for investment, I always say, Make sure they share your values, make sure they get you and they're on the same page and make sure the honeymoon, the lead up to the agreement is lovely because if it isn't, the marriage is going to stink. And I've heard so many awful stories about people saying, you know, well, it was a bit tricky, but I thought it would be okay. No, follow, you know, trust yourself. It's the most important thing. You know what's best for you, for your business, for yourself, for your family, if and when you have one listen to the experts, take advice, canvas advice, but don't think, oh, that person knows better than I do. That marketing person or that finance person. No, you have your best answers. You have all of them inside you. So phase two uh, for Planet Organic, you then brought in uh, your husband, Brian, and you ran the business together for 10 years before stepping away to raise your children. How hard was that decision to let go? And did you struggle with your identity during that time? Oh, good question. It was so hard and it is really hard for women if you are the primary caretaker, which often we are. It's so conflicting because you have this urge to be someone in the world and to make an impact. And then you have these beautiful children who you want to take care of because you had them. And I reached a point in Planet where I had my I had a seven year old, four year old, and a one year old. And the business needed to grow and expand. And I had these beautiful children and I, I didn't know what to do. I was trying to do both and I was conflicted and exhausted. And I thought, I'm probably heading for a nervous breakdown. So I didn't see that choice coming. I felt a bit 
you know, are you dumb? I didn't see that choice coming where I'd have to choose between work and my family, but it did come. I guess I kind of, I knew that life would roll forward and I would figure things out. I didn't think that would mean leaving planet, but I did step aside because I thought having had my kids, I wanted to raise them and women make other decisions. People have to do what's right for themselves. But for me, the only choice really was to be with my kids. So I stepped aside. I was still a couple of days a month in the business and I was involved with the soil association. And we went to Italy because I thought I just need to get away. And the, the identity crisis didn't happen then. I was still, I think I was finishing a book and then I wrote another book out there. It was when we came back to England and I realized Planet was very much um, under the control of the new CEO who we had helped put in place and that it wasn't right for me to think I was going to step back in. So then I thought, oh no, now what? And that was, I was like, wow, who am I? If I'm not planet, well, I am planet, but if I'm doing something outside of planet, what is that? And what do I want to do? And that took a lot of soul searching and introspection at that time. Talk us through some of that soul searching and introspection. How did you decide what to do next? So I was turning 50 or around 50. And I thought having worked at Planet, which was a roller coaster, it was highs and it was lows and it was really hard. It was very challenging, even though incredibly exciting and enjoyable. I didn't want that again. <laughs> I wanted ease and joy and and a lot of fun where I I didn't have those that kind of roller coaster ride again. So I didn't know what to do. So I started doing things that I loved. So I started teaching baking in my kitchen to see if I wanted to do that. Then I was teaching at a um, naturopathic college, teaching healthy baking. I started doing public speaking, which I loved. I wrote another book, which I don't love. But then from, <laughs> from the speaking, a, a lot of female entrepreneurs started to ask me to mentor them. And I didn't really know what that would look like or what that meant. But when the water is flowing, you know, when the people are knocking on the door, I don't think you say no. So I said, okay, you know, I'm not sure what that is. And then started working, loved it, loved supporting them on their entrepreneurial journey with all the things I have learned over the years that can be so beneficial. I wish I'd had mentoring when I started Planet. And then I developed a course called BOSS, which is Business Owner Support and Strategy, which is the business planning, which is not what you think. You know, it's people say business plan, they, they think mainly of numbers. And I'm like, that's not my business plan. You know, mine is a lot of fun. And it's, I just enjoy writing it because what you're doing is you're reaching inside yourself and you're pulling out the vision of the business, including your financial goals, but everything else as well, the brand, the tone of voice, the marketing ideas. But it's part business planning and it's part what I call personal discovery or the self-awareness work because you will bump up against your biggest fears, your imposter syndrome, low self-esteem or confidence perhaps. And this addresses and unpicks all of those so that you are empowered and you have agency and self-awareness in your life. And then you can be the entrepreneur that you were meant to be. And that then led you to setting up your second business, Beluga Bean, in 2017 with Sam Wigan. Um, I'm curious to know why you went into the business with a co-founder, having had that, ex that, that terrifying experience with Planet Organic. Did you find it difficult to trust him? 
No. And I went into it because I realized when I was starting the mentoring and doing that, I love partnership. And I like the dynamic of a man and a woman working together. And when Sam and I met, he was looking to grow his coaching business. And it felt right. I trusted him. He comes from a background of personal discovery. So I knew he had self-awareness and was thoughtful in that regard. We got to know each other and there was nothing for me to distrust. And I think the trust question is interesting because I talk about in my work what I call the sacred triangle of relationships. And that is trust and respect with a foundation of good communication. And you start with trust and respect, but it's a it's a fragile thing. And then you build it over time or you don't. And Sam and I have built trust, respect over time, and we have excellent communication. And that's, you know, their good communication means all kinds of things, but one of them being, you know, take responsibility, tell the truth quickly, be a neutral inquiry, don't make assumptions, um, which are fundamental in not only your personal relationships, but your business relationships. I was going to say there are some great marriage tips there as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 37 years with Brian. <laughs> um, you, you talked about, um, particularly with Planet Organic, it being a real roller coaster ride, and you've had some very low lows. Um, what are your tips to other entrepreneurs on prioritizing their well being during those difficult moments? Well, I think. The thing is, well-being isn't just mental and physical, which is what people tend to think of it as. It is actually, well, we talk about six spheres of well-being. So it is physical. And you really, when you're in a difficult time, you need to look after your physicality, which is moving, fueling, resting. It's three components. And make sure that you're doing those essential things to take care of yourself. But then there's also occupational well-being, psychological well-being, economic social and spiritual. And I think to be truly in balance, able to handle everything that's coming at you, to have agency within that and to know where to put your attention and focus at any one time, you need to be looking across all six of those spheres. And if you could go back to that small town girl um, just before you started Planet Organic, um, what would be your advice to her? Trust yourself. Go for it. You have one life to live. What are you going to do with it? Thank you so much for joining us today, Renee. You shared some really useful tips on how to stay resilient and optimistic through even the toughest times. Thank you, Kate. It's so great to be here. For more life tips and strategies for success from Renee, check out belugabean.com. I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode. We'd love to know what you think. So please leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe for more raw and honest stories from Sound Advice Entrepreneurs Unfiltered. Don't forget to go to sage.com forward slash podcast for more episodes.